Ebb and flow inspires persistence and determination during the rhythmical patterns of decline and regrowth in life. Each episode, I bring on an inspiring and influential voices who are here to help us stand strong and walk through the ebb moments of life and propel us to the peak of our health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, so we can live our life in the flow, individually and collectively. This includes strategies, habits, routines, focus tricks, questions, and much more that we can use to live our life in the best way in order to maximize our service to others. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you're as excited for the Ebb and Flow podcast as I am, but to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe now on any stream, check out YouTube, or visit SolomonEzra.com to learn more. My guest today is Nicole Sylvester. After overcoming quite a turbulent past, she transformed her life and has become a best-selling author of her memoir, Oh Shift. She's a podcaster, speaker, and spiritual life coach, where she guides women to return to their inner authority and create miracles in their life. On today's episode, you'll hear all about her story and the amazing work she's doing today. If you're interested in checking out more about Nicole, go to check out her website, Nicole Sylvester, that's Nicole with an H, or check out her social media page at Nicole Sylvester, where you can also try out some of the meditations she has, like one called Your $10,000 a Month Meditation, which she also leads us through on the show today. If you haven't yet, please leave a review about the show and today's guest on Apple Podcasts and head over to SolomonEzra.com or follow me on Instagram, King underscore Solomon 8 and Facebook, Solomon Ezra Brezen to learn more. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Solomon Brezen, to get updates on new videos and podcasts. I have a new video coming out on Fridays, so check out one this coming Friday, January 28th. Now onto the show with Nicole Sylvester. Nicole and I met at uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's week-long retreat in Marco Island, Florida. And just an amazing time, uh, I can say for myself, and I'm sure everybody that was there. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about yourself. I know when we were we met at um, the retreat, we were, you, we were with uh, you know a whole table of people and just everybody sharing their different experiences and what led them there. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about yourself and how you got into coaching and uh, coaching especially women and all the women that you've been helping. Yeah, so it's um, a pretty intense story <laughs> for anyone. So, you know, for me, I feel like I never thought of like coaching as that's a like cool business. It's lucrative. I should get mm-hmm. into that. Never at all thought that. I was living a life that was like very illegal. I was doing, um, I was transporting drugs across the country. I was in abusive relationships and literally this was like the lifestyle I grew up in. My parents were always like looking for ways to like get rich quick and like just beat the system. And they thought that's the way that they could, that's like the only way to get by or to get ahead in life. And I grew up being that way. And um, I found myself in abusive relationship after abusive relationship. And literally it was just like a hell. And I would numb myself Mm -hmm. with like Xanax, cocaine, alcohol, whatever it is to wake up and then whatever it is to go to sleep. And finally, you know, it was not by plan, but I got pregnant with my daughter. 
And I didn't want to have, I didn't want to be a mom. I didn't, I could barely take care of myself and manage my life. Um, but the way that things worked out, I ended up deciding to have my daughter and it literally changed my life. It gave me something to, it gave me someone to love and care for that was not myself. And I just knew that if I didn't make changes, she would have similar patterns, the same things. Like I had to basically break through all of these process of like um, addiction, abuse, violence, crime, whatever. So that was in my heart and in my mind. But at the time I was still with her father who was very abusive. So this was back in mid 2000s. Um, and what happened is there was a very violent fight where he threw something at my head and I had 10 staples in my scalp. And at that point, my daughter was very little and there was like blood everywhere. I thought like, oh my God, this man is going to kill me if I don't get away from this relationship. So he wouldn't let me leave. And within a period of a week, this is like where my book starts, my memoir, I had decided to give him my Xanax and drug him to escape with my daughter. Wow. And so scary. It was just like, you know, I feel like if he wakes up, he's going to kill me, <laughs> but I have to risk it to leave. So I did that. I left with some money. We, we flew out of Vegas and flew back to Philadelphia where I'm from. We got a little apartment. Within a couple of weeks, he actually, I got a call from Las Vegas homicide that he murdered a woman in our home that he was dating. So it was like a holy shift, wake up. Like your mom was an abusive relationship. Your aunt was an abusive relationship. You're an abusive relationship. Like this is how this thing can end. And that was what set me off on my journey to just be normal <laughs> and find normalcy. Yeah. And I moved to LA from Vegas and just started my life over. Um, I went, used to go by Nikki, which was my nickname. And then I went there and I was like, I'm Nicole. Like everyone started calling me my government name and I just went with it. And then I was working as a bartender. That was like the real job that I knew to have. Um, and I was just burning myself out. And finally, all of this, like trauma and pain came up to haunt me and I got really sick. And what I realized was that the emotions of hiding all of the shame, all of the abuse, all of these things and pretending they never happened. Like, because I was like, if anyone knows that I just came here from Vegas and I had addiction and I was selling drugs and I was, my daughter's father's in jail for murder. Like no one's gonna want anything to do with me. <laughs> so that was my fear. So, it all came up to haunt me in that I ended up getting sick multiple times and like literally having like panic attacks on freeways and like going to the hospital. Like, I mean, I was a mess. This is what led me to spirituality. And someone told me to go to this place called Agape, a spiritual center. And I was like, I'm anti-church. <laughs> like, I, it was just, it was not my thing, yeah. but I was so desperate and I didn't want to be on any sort of prescription drug for like anxiety or any of those things. Mm -hmm. So I went and the first time I went while my, I was having all of this trigger, like, oh my God, they're singing and there's a choir and it's churchy. There was something in it that felt so like medicine for me. And there was something that Michael Beckwith said, Reverend Michael Beckwith, who's the leader or founder or whatever. He said, there's a part of you that cannot be broken, tarnished or damaged by anything in the past. And I was like, wow. I need to find out more about this. So that was what led me onto this path. And then my own awakening led me to just kind of force me and push me into sharing my own story and helping women. So 
Wow, that's that's how it amazing. Thank you for sharing. I can only imagine how intense it must have been like throughout it all. Very intense. Yes. Um, so it happened, you know, my like shift into all of that and going into like my first meditation retreat was for my 30th birthday. I'm, I'm 38 now. But once I got a little taste of it, I've been going hard. Yes. <laughs> I'm like going to all the things. <laughs> they definitely help. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> when, when you were, uh, in in like all that turbulence what uh you you mentioned that it was like really the birth of your daughter that mm -hmm. kind of helped to wake you up but was there any kind of moments before then that that you can kind of look back that helped you continue on and like and that slowly led to that the wake awakening and then moving towards california like what what really kind of helped just go through that transition so i would say the only other thing is my one friend who i feel like was my first friend that i mean i've had lots of friends but we would like party together and do all these things together um but my first real friend that like really saw me and would mirror to me to me like you know that you're strong you have you matter like all of these things that seem so basic the way that I grew up, that wasn't reflected to me. Yeah. So that one friendship felt like a safe space. And that gave me like, that just gave me some space, space to ask different questions, space to feel like I can leave this relationship. I don't need my family necessarily. I, there's, there's more out there. But I would say that there's a pain that I knew from growing up that way that I just promised that if I ever had kids, I don't want my daughter to feel that way. I don't want her to grow up that way. And even though my daughter has not had the most ideal childhood with the like father that's there and the father that's not whatever, she has a really great childhood. And like, we do a lot of work together. And you know, she was at Marco Island with me living her life. At oh, the she was? At yeah. She was at the beach, she was at the pool, she was ordering room service. Like people were asking her what she does because she's 15 and she looks grown. She, and I'm like, tell them you're a minor <laughs> to back off. <laughs> That's so, Next time she'll have to be in the, in the retreat. Yeah, you. I mean, well, she, I don't think, she's not quite down with it yet, but um, she's getting there. But the thing is, is that this is also what she chose to do. And this is what her soul is here to work through. So. It's just constantly, we're constantly working through the lessons and the layers. Awesome. What, uh, what different meditations uh, did you get into? And uh, like when you first um, were kind of in the spiritual awakening and making the real big uh, shifts. And, you know, like, like you mentioned, a lot of stuff from the past has to come up in order for us to um, look at it without the motion. Like as Dr. Joe says, be able to look at the memory without the emotion tied to it and its wisdom. Um, how did you really uh, learn all of that and, and process all of that kind of work? Because it, it definitely uh, is intense. Yeah. The first meditation that I ever learned was really silent meditation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I eased into it with like these short meditations. The spiritual center I went to had 30 minute meditations before you started. And that was short. And when I first went to my, my first meditation retreat, it was actually accidental because I didn't know that it was a straight up silent retreat. I went wow. thinking I was giving myself like 
some meditation, some yoga, clean eating. I saw this pool at this like ranch and I thought that was it. And then when I first got there, I had a bit of anxiety because this was when, I mean, I have photos. I was like 90 some pounds. I was not well because of everything that was happening. And I get there and it says in loving silence in the cafeteria. And I was like, okay. And then my friend and I are just chatting it up, eating and everyone else is just quiet. <laughs> so then we go into the first sitting and it's introduced and they're like, we're now entering the silence from this point on. Vipassana meditation retreat? Yeah, it wasn't that though. It was one of um, Michael Beckwith's retreats, but yeah. it's like a, like a four day thing. Yeah. But I just didn't know. So anyway, I had a panic attack that first night because there was so, I, I was not used to the silence. Yeah. I would always have TV on. I would distract myself and my thoughts were constant. And that weekend while I had a panic attack, um, I got through it onto the other side with no medication. And what I realized was this stuff needs to come up. And I'm just, I'm scared of the silence. I'm so scared of what's beyond my addiction to these thoughts and feelings and everything. So that was like the happening. But then I went to two meditation retreats, silent retreats a year for six years. So, I mean, I was very like, I'm going to all yeah. the things. I started doing spiritual practitioner courses. So, I mean, once I got it and I knew it was helping, I was like, let me keep giving myself this because it works. That's great. Yeah. How did it eventually turn into now the, the business that you um, run? And I'd love to kind of transition in here like that, how, how it turned into how you're helping, helping women. You have the podcast, you have the different uh, courses. Um, and really, I'm interested how all of that, how all of your very unique experiences helped you create this framework of which you're helping, you know, many, many women. Sure. So the first, interestingly enough, at another silent retreat, same kind of silent retreat, I had a thing that came through. I was actually asking for answers on um, my work at the time, which was in finance. And I was like, how can I hit this award and like get this goal and like, whatever significant stuff I wanted in my head. <laughs> and there's this like clear, like I heard it and it said, help women share your story. Everything will be taken care of. And at the time people in LA didn't know about any of this stuff. So it was very scary for me to share, but it took about eight months and everything in my life started falling apart and like my business. And I, I couldn't get myself to do it. It wasn't like lighting me up. And I just felt this pull to come out and share my story. So I did. And there's like a coming out video on YouTube and I shared and it was so scary because I was like, I feel like people are going to be like, wow, Nicole's been lying to me for all this time. Or like, she's a mess. I don't want her in my life, but it was actually the opposite. So what I learned was that the things I hated about myself and judge myself for and shame myself for people came closer when I embraced it and shared it from love. So that was a big opening. That was October 1st, 2015. And since my, my first way of starting out my business was just helping women in terms of liberation. I was like, I was in absolute hell. I was in absolute like emotional turmoil. And I know that there's more liberation for you. So I would just share that. And then as I kept going, I started going to Tony Robbins retreats. I started, I mean, I was like, take, I was doing everything that I felt a nudge to do. I would do it. And at the time I was actually really financially poor too, because I just, my business was starting and that's where I was. So I had a really bad financial period. And then 
the next year, I hit $200,000 in my business. So then I started teaching women about money and I really understood the pain of what women will do when they don't have money, how much stress it causes, what it does to relationships. It makes us stay in relationships that are toxic. And um, I just started realizing like, I want to teach women about money. So that's why now everything I teach is like miracles. And it's not like a whimsical, like miracle thing. It's like, let go of logic and everything that's been to create in the infinite unknown yeah. and the miracle realm. So now I have the courses, the podcast, and there's still a little edge. Like, you know, I believe that I can listen to Drake and that I can wear all black and I can curse and I can still be very deeply devoted to my spiritual practice. <laughs> so it's like a very grounded, modern spiritual teachings. Yeah, no, I like it. It reminds me when, uh, at the retreat, Dr. Joe was talking about how, like, you know, anybody can really get and get into us. And he's talking how there's just some regular woman is is getting into the, the quantum <laughs> yeah. field, whereas other people are like doing some tradition or some unique way from a religion and how they're supposed to pray. Like praying to the east, praying to the west, <laughs> like that part cracked me up because <laughs> I was like, I've actually bought into that. And it was a challenge for me when I would see all these women showing up and they would have like flower crowns and they're wearing all white, which I'm down yeah. with it. But it's just like, for me to live in that way all the time feels inauthentic yeah. to the way that I feel called to express. So yeah, it's I feel like I- meaning. It's, it's like it, those traditions or ways, it's like it adds meaning to it, but it's not yes. the only way. Yeah, and we get to play. That's why I love- yeah. Dr. Joe, because he's like, carnivores will be in high gamma. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, it gives me hope. <laughs> you know, we can be ourselves and still access those parts of us. Yeah. So, yeah. What, so, what are, what are the, um, what's the process with like um, helping somebody, helping a woman adopt more of a, uh, and it, not just adopt, but an embody more of a em, um, empowering. Uh, belief about money because yeah. it's like you know it is very challenging like I, I'm, I'm sure it may have been for yourself as well what coming from uh, not just your own memories and experiences with money but just the whole genealogy of that you were mentioning and really beginning to adopt this new belief you know that uh, I don't know money is you know an exchange of energy rather yeah. than um, you know safety or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and it's the same really, I mean, I feel like I'm not a man, but men also, like we can say, it's just in general too, because, mm -hmm. you know, I have even men that write me and they're like, I do your $10,000 a month meditation. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, but when I work with women, I just love that we can go deep in like motherhood, sisterhood, all the things. So when I speak this, just know for any men that man that's listening, like you can also oh, I like, appreciate resonate. That. Yeah. For okay. me, what I realized with money is that in general, I just didn't feel safe. And I say for women specifically, rather than thinking and growing rich, sometimes it's dropping into feeling and growing rich. And when, we're, when our heart is open, when we feel safe, when we feel like there's nothing wrong with us, when we feel like we are connected to our divinity, which is like our one of oneness, and we know that our voice matters, our purpose matters, our actions matter, and like we are here for a reason, mm -hmm. we relate differently to like scarcity, lack in general. And there's like this beautiful paradox of money and safety, which is like when you let go of needing it and recognize that you're fine, it's easier to get. 
right? And it becomes, it just kind of flows in and out so much more effortlessly. Yeah, and like just noticing your body and safety. So like I do this work with women where I have them close their eyes and just start to feel like I'll start talking about things when it's like about their money or their bank account or their next paycheck and noticing where in their body is it communicating? Like, is it, is it tensing? Is it like contracting? Or is it, you know, feeling light and exciting? And what we find is like a lot of women start feeling tight. Their throats get tight. Their chest gets tight. Their belly gets tight. And that, when they envision actually money coming in. Or like, no, when they envision like checking their bank account uh. or thinking about an unexpected bill coming. So it's really like, just retraining our body to feel safe and know that we are, what I say, we're connected to true source and supply. It's not, a, it's not your boss, it's not a client, it's not a particular business. Like source and supply is here for all of us and we have to be willing to open up and say we have infinite income sources and money can come in unexpected ways. So that's like where the miracle thing pops in because a lot of people, I ask them a trick question and I say, how many income sources do you have? And they're like, four, two, whatever. I'm like, no, it's infinite. Oh, infinite. No, it's infinite because think about it. And when we start to expect it as infinite. Well, one source, but it comes through infinite. Well, well, through one infinite true source. But the average person will say, well, I have my job. I have a side hustle. I have an income yeah, property, yeah. right? Versus like money shows up in unexpected ways when you just expect and the expectation, the energetic standard is I'm supported at all times it's a really big reframing. So like for me, there was, I share a story of one time I went to India and I really couldn't afford to go to India and I used my rent money. <laughs> and I was like, everything worked out. But when I got home, I was in integration and I was like, damn, everything's due and this sucks. And I went behind, I was like waiting for my daughter and I went behind McDonald's parking lot in my car. And I just did an affirmative prayer, which is like getting into a prayerful space, affirming the truth and declaring like the highest truth over your life. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I know that the money's here. I know that it's happening. I know that it's real. I know that it's already here in my space and I'm open to receive it. Like, show me how. Within literally like 15 minutes, I'm driving down the street. I see a sign for open house. I see it. I was like, oh my God, that's my friend's thing. I go turn left, see him at the house. I pull up there and he was like, how is India? What's going on in your business? I was like, oh, this is all great, but this is what's happening. I like, you know, I, I really put myself out and he's like us, which is like a miracle kind of thinker. He was like, let me loan you some money because I believe in what you're doing. Literally, he sold me ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and then I heard it was, of a transaction like that. Yeah, I mean, like it was crazy. So I was like, I thank him in my book. He's like one of my like earth angels, and it's so cool because like I paid him back in a way because he ended up like marrying. I introduced him to my friend, and now they're married and all this stuff. So I'm like, you see how things just amazing. So it's like you kind of sorry to, to jump in, but it's yeah. kind of like how do you help install a, a, a client or, or just anybody you're teaching? like for me in in this kind of case cuz I'm definitely learning and wanting to adopt more of these beliefs cuz like I like I kind of mentioned in the question yeah you know it's like you have it intellectually but it takes a little bit of time to you know really kind of get in the groove kind of thing not or maybe not time but um however in however embossed that uh old belief or pattern was but yeah. how, um how like in that like in that situation you just shared, I mean it takes a lot of courage to when you don't when it doesn't look like you have 
the physical amount there or in the bank account? How do you really um, make that jump per se? Because you also, we also don't necessarily want to always be relying on those miracles. No, no, definitely. Like I don't suggest living in that space, but that was definitely part of my quantum leaping journey, right? It's like now thinking about doing any of that feels very stressful, but also I have different resources now. If I really wanted to do something and I didn't have the cash, I could do a business loan. There's a lot of things that I could do differently now than when I first started my business and was just going on my journey. But the whole premise of this is that if spirit is asking you to do something and you know it's for the betterment of your life and it's going to overflow and benefit your community, your family, your household, so on, and your lineage, like you must do it and you must take the the leap and like you'll never know the net unless you leap so like people want to see the net before they take a leap <laughs> and the net isn't always there so whether it's for you where you're going on a 15 like for me it was like some fifteen thousand dollar india retreat which was outrageous but it was like i knew that it was going to be something for me so it could be anyone listening that's just like i want to bring my income up by you know i want to double my income in 2021 we have to start asking a bigger question and expecting a bigger result. And one of the things I do when you say like taking it beyond like theory and going into like the embodiment of it is here. We can even do this now. I do this thing. And I also, this is on my $10,000 a month meditation. That's it's free. It's on my Instagram. If you close your eyes and if you just think about the homes, think about the homes within your city or town. And just relax your body, like literally take some breaths, settle your body down. And as your body settles down, I want you to just scan and think about the homes in your area. And if you think about these homes, I want you to think about the people inside these homes. I want you to think about their bank accounts, their investment accounts, retirement accounts, the equity in their homes, that there's so much money. There's so much money. And this money is in constant circulation. It's being circulated digitally. People are buying things on Amazon. People are trading stocks. People are investing in all sorts of things. Money is coming into accounts because people are getting paid. There's no less money because there's a pandemic. It's just trading different hands. And as you just zoom out now from your city and go through your whole country, if you zoom out and you hold this perspective of your entire country and all the money in all the bank accounts and all the investment accounts, the mutual funds, the brokerage accounts, in all of the retirement accounts, the 401ks, the IRAs, the 403bs, and then moving into how much money is being circulated, how many millions are being spent on Amazon right as we do this meditation. There's so much money here for all of us. The question is, how do I get myself involved in this circulation and exchange? And trust that I am also worthy and deserving of this receiving. So let's open our eyes again. Can you connect to that visual that quick? Cause like for me, it's just, <laughs> you know. It's actually really cool. By the way, I love that question. 
and it was very well guided. Thanks for doing that. First yeah. of all, it was, I'll answer that it was very visual because I've done a different similar, a different or a similar meditation before and guided one when it's, it's like that, like starting um, small, like with yourself and then the houses and the neighborhood. And rather than visualizing the money, it was more like the peace and just wholeness and kind of sending that to everyone or everything you may come yeah. across. And this was just an amazing adaptation of that with just, you know, seeing the, the different flow of money and then how can I be in that is, yes. I really like that. Yeah, so like literally we can do it with anything, but what we're doing is just opening up and broadening our perspective to what's real because I know even for me as an entrepreneur, maybe you've done this in your life somewhere, you know, in some way, when you have an idea or you have a product or a service, you tend to think about just the people that are in your mind's eye. So you're like, but people don't have the money for this, or this is a lot of money, or people aren't going to buy this, or everyone's already bought it from me. Like you have these like BS limiting little points of view. You're speaking right to me right now. Okay. I've been there. Yes. And where my clients are like that too. They're like, but I already sold this to my community. It's like one post can get us hundreds more people following us. One video can get 10 more people to buy your thing. Like it's just living in that bigger perspective and also understanding that money is always exchanging. So for me, Grant Cardone says this and Grant Cardone doesn't show up as a spiritual teacher in any way, but I love the way he talks about money. And, you know, I used to have guilt around money because I was also, because I was doing all the spiritual work and I used to make money doing bad things. So quote unquote. So because of that, I had this like shame around money and I had to be like, money is needed for me to live my fullest, most expressive, impactful life. And because of that, I have to be okay with money. And Grant Cardone says, other people have your money, go get it. And I was like- That's an interesting perspective. It's an interesting perspective because if you think about that, we all do have money and it's like, we're not going to take it from anyone, but I know I just bought something on Amazon today. I bought from Whole Foods last night, like yeah. constantly circulation. Somebody bought my program yesterday. So it's like, there's constant circulation, but yeah. we have to get out of the idea that circulation has stopped or it's not available for you. It's almost interesting in, uh, you know, growing up, we learn about charity and, you know, giving and donating. Yeah. It's almost like with, these more kind of abundant beliefs, empowering beliefs, and like you're sharing with money, it's like it's not just giving towards a charitable organization. Of course, that's a yeah. higher form, you could say. But it's like just the matter of exchange. It's just like participating or joining the kind of collective and, and giving and receiving. Yeah, the circulation. I mean, this is our economy. I am big on giving back, but we can be generous with more than money. Yeah, and it's the lowest material, it's the lowest. Yeah, like, it's just like we're always in exchange of currency, whether it's a compliment, whether it's like, how can I help you? Can I share this video? Can I share this podcast? If it's somebody reaching out to me and letting me know, you know, I've been watching what you're doing and I really enjoy it and that gives me a boost and I go make a video, it's all currency. But we have to really make peace with the idea of I love money not being a bad thing. Yeah. 
for us to make more money. <laughs> so that's why I have an event called Harmonious Hustle. And first day is all like meditation, deep work. Like we're going deep. Day two is all about money and growing that. And I say like, say I love money and notice if you have a kickback, notice if you feel like, oh, that's kind of bad. That's kind of taboo and make peace with it. And the more you make peace with it, understand like the more money you have, the more good you'll do. I like that a lot. Thank you yeah. so much. And thanks for, thanks for sharing that with me. Thanks yeah. for exchanging this. Of course. Thank you for exchanging this with me. <laughs> I'm enjoying it too. Like we're having this beautiful yeah. circulation, but you know what? I say this with, um, when I teach my meditations, my dog Pablo barks sometimes and I let him because here's why I say that dog and that bark and that noise represents all the distractions in your life. That's amazing. And if we can't hold the intention and there's this place called um, BioCyberNot, and from what I hear, they, you go there and you meditate and they try to keep you in those like, in those great waves. waves, right? But they play loud, crazy things in your ear, apparently. And so like it trains you to be able to hold those states mm. while in a state of noisy distraction. So I tell my ladies, I'm like, oh, this is, this is perfect training for you. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to work up uh, maybe a couple more silent retreats until maybe a couple <laughs> more dispenses. And then, uh, <laughs> and then yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> honestly, that, that turned into a lot more awesome. I didn't, uh, you know, of course, I can't plan exactly what we're talking about. So I, I really just appreciate it and, and, and really f received all that was kind of just shared, especially about the different money and then the beliefs around it. Yeah. I'd love to, uh, you know, turn a little bit more towards, I know you have a, a memoir of which you shared a lot of what you uh, shared today. Um, and your podcast and, you know, we, we spoke a lot about meditation and how much it, it helped us. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit how everybody can, you know, learn more or read more about you and, you know, what you're up to. And again, I just really appreciate this conversation. Me too. Um, so let me just tell you all, I love to share on Instagram. So everything that I talk about, we, it's all in my Instagram bio link and, um, the $10,000 meditation try it. You can use it for a hundred thousand. I recently had a hundred thousand dollar month and it's like the same process. So fill in the blank of your number. Um, there's that. And then I have a sleep meditation called abundant dreams. I have some morning activations. All of those things are just resources for you to begin to see a wider perspective of what's available for you and to see who you really are. That's what I like to say in my memoir is like a juicy read. It reads obviously like a fiction because some of the stuff sounds really unbelievable, but it's real. And I get feedback from women and also men in, in the Amazon reviews and all that, that they read this book in like two days, but it's a page turner. But what it shows you is that the resiliency of a human spirit. So I don't care what you're going through right now. If there's a diagnosis, if you've lost a job, if you are going bankrupt, wherever you're at, you can turn it around. There's so much more for you. And that book really demonstrates the richness of the dark perceived as dark moments in life that initiate us into our highest self. So it's inspiring um, because obviously it leads at where I am now, which is, I feel like in a really great place, yeah. <laughs> but you know, as you read the book, you would never think that that woman in the first hundred pages of the book would ever be getting paid so much to change other people's lives. But that's what's possible for us when we say yes to the higher calling. 
I love it. I, I heard also a, uh, one of the YouTube talks you were giving, or not a YouTube talk, but it was on YouTube. And you said something that really caught my attention is love what you want to disappear. You want no, something that you want to disappear or like to get out of your life or to change. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's true because if we hate it, we resist it. Yeah. If we think it's bad, we push, like we just amplify it even more. Like so there's so the many. Money, all that money stuff we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, so even for me, some, some people, if you have shame around your debt, if you have shame around not making enough, if you have shame around your family's history with money, I know for me, I had a foreclosure. I had crimes. I had a murder that was at my house. I mean, I had, if there's a shame list, I checked them all off, <laughs> you know, and in that book I was kidnapped. I mean, there were so many things that happened that let me, I labeled myself as not worthy of anything good. And then I had an awakening, which was, there's a part of each and every one of us that is so perfect, so whole, so complete, that it is so necessary. And that's what makes us, there's no such thing as a follower, you know, like this thing that's happening in social media where this person's so important and all of us are down here. No, some of us are just waking up to how special and rare we really are. And that's what it's about. Amazing. Again, thank you so much, Nicole. Nicole Sylvester on Instagram, right? And then the, yes. the links. Nicole with an H. So N-I-C-H-O-L-E. <laughs> because everyone spells it without the H. <laughs> and Miracle Minded is my podcast. So check it out. We talk about all things money, business, living your best life, and really just waking up to who you are and what you're really made of. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and and meeting me i'm so happy we we crossed paths out of the thousands of people there i know that'll probably uh, not be something somebody wants to hear during the time of covid it's such a pleasure to have met you and now uh, to uh, speak with you and learn from you you too sullivan take care happy holidays you too Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor Podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out SolomonEzra.com. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.